This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Hello, and welcome to American Muslim Project. I'm Asad Butt. American Muslim Project is a podcast where we share the contributions Muslims are making to American life. In each episode, we elevate unique Muslim voices that are shaping this American experience. My guest today is chef and media personality Saba Wahid Duffy. Since she was a teen, Saba has had a passion for cooking, but it wasn't until after she graduated from college that she pursued a career as a chef. And since then, she has traveled the world trying to find the next best thing when it comes to creating or enjoying food. Currently, she works as the resident chef and appliance educator at Yale Appliance in Boston, Massachusetts. In May of 2021, Subba became a Chopped Champion. For those of you that are non-foodies like me, that means she took part in one Food Network's special cooking competition show hosted by Martha Stewart called Chopped. My first question, of course, was wanting to know what it was like to be around and work with Martha Stewart. <laughs> That's actually everybody's first question, yeah, which imagine. is hilarious. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, she gets a lot of negative press, which I think is quite unfair because she's still successful with what she she has done. Obviously, she did commit a crime. She paid the time, you know, she did the time and she's still come out on top and she is good at what she does. She's in a lifestyle expert. She knows her food and she's very professional and composed. And I, I liked being in her presence. I thought it was um, huge validation for me, uh, you know, kind of working in the food world and finally, you know, getting this opportunity to meet Martha Stewart and have her taste and judge my food. Um, that was definitely a once in a lifetime experience. And I thought she was fantastic. <laughs> she, I, she does, she's a little older, you know, she's almost 80. So wow, boy, no clue. Wow. Yeah. A lot of that, again, a, something everyone is surprised to hear right. as well. But, um, you know, when you're a little older, you're not as zesty and as enthusiastic and, you know, as um, spirited. So, yeah, she, she wasn't, you know, super bubbly, but um, that's, I think, just her personality type anyways. Yeah. I, I mean, she's she was hovering over you while you were preparing and cooking. What was that like? <laughs> so, and it was specifically when I was breaking down this piece of flounder, which was particularly difficult. And I was nervous, but you're also... <laughs> 
taking into consideration that you are on, there's like 10 cameras oh, on yeah. you. So I couldn't look like I was nervous. I mean, the producers probably would have enjoyed if I was like sweating a little bit more <laughs> under the pressure, but I kept my cool and I kept calm and I just wanted to get the task done and, um, and, you know, impress her as well. Like if she's watching me, break down this fish that I'm clearly having trouble doing. <laughs> I, I didn't want her to notice too much uh, about the struggles I was having. So yeah. I just tried to um, sugarcoat it with some light conversation. <laughs> you were going up against three men. What was that like? Um, yeah. So I have to say when I met everyone, I was quite intimidated because they were all either restaurant chefs or had restaurant experience or worked in Michelin star oh, dining, yeah. um, you know, facilities, which is a, a whole different world from what I do. And I was intimidated just by hearing the resume. Um, now that doesn't have anything really to do with your skill. I mean, yes, of course it has a lot to do with your skill, but also, you know, just, um, because I didn't work with uh, Thomas Keller at Per Se or Lydia Bastianich at Lupo or have my own restaurant, it didn't mean I couldn't keep up with them either. So, um, and clearly I proved myself because I could and I did. So yeah. <laughs> it was definitely intimidating to begin with, though. I, I can only imagine. Yeah. Um, I read somewhere that your husband actually uh, helped you prepare by just giving you, you guys would, if he would give you some mystery ingredients and, and put the clock on and, and then you'd have to prepare something. Is that right? Yes. Yes. So as soon as we find, found out that I was going to be on the show, he wanted to train me. He, he started watching <laughs> Chopped every night. We, you know, uh, would uh, go on demand and watch every episode. And then he would, on his way home from work, would pick up four or five random ingredients and bring them home. And he would time me. And it, it was quite dramatic because I was so, uh, not not nervous, but I was it was frustrating because I was trying to work in the kitchen and we, I still had my baby there and our oh, kitchen okay. is just under construction. And there was a lot of cursing and a lot of <laughs> trees happening. And, but it's so funny because it was proper training. Like, I feel like when people are like, when their head is in the game and you're really like trying to do your best, I feel like that's, that's a form of expression, right? Like you're frustrated, but you want sure. to do a good job. And he was, he was on it. He, he cracked the whip and he, um, he trained me and it was, and he's not a foodie by the way, at all. Like oh, he would, he's not, he's a proper meat and potatoes kind of guy. <laughs> he's Irish, right? That, that's he's, right. He is Irish. Exactly. <laughs> and, and he would, uh, you know, he would, after watching several episodes of Chopped, he would start to critique my plating and I would just kind of laugh <laughs> and say, babe, you know, you eat burgers and, and shepherd's pie and yeah. now you're critiquing these dishes. But I appreciated it because he was right. He was right. I mean, with his little knowledge of <laughs> the culinary arts uh he did have some good decent feedback it, it was it was uh, I, it was endearing and I, I appreciated it and him and and my sister as well my sister helped a lot and, Amazing. um so you know when he didn't know what certain ingredients were she would uh point him in the right direction so. yeah that's great yeah yeah uh, um so you're, you're Pakistani like me um yes. and and your husband's Irish what's the crossover in terms of what, what kind of cuisine is 
Pakistani Irish these days? Are, are, have you experimented with anything? anything? <laughs> um, no, there's not really a crossover because he is very, um, I would say like he's a purist <laughs> when it comes <laughs> to just classic, um, you know, I guess Irish or American food. He just likes his classic flavors, but he's not one to turn away from um, some Desi food. You know, he does like, gormas and he's he's eaten at my family's house many times although um you know god rest her soul when my grandmother was um still alive she <laughs> would humor her by trying some of her like mutton dishes oh, sure. and uh he he still remembers the first time he tried it and uh it was definitely the last spicy too spicy <laughs> is that or, or it was yeah it was a little spicy and it just didn't agree with him yeah. and uh <laughs> yeah he he still remembers it to this day but he yeah. still enjoys the other um the other desi food uh nice. you know the light mild spiced stuff. yeah he yeah. sounds like me even though i i am Pakistani, my my palate is much like his and, and very basic, and my wife makes fun of me because of it, as does my family as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you like what you like. I yeah. mean, it's it's that's how it is. And I, I when we first started dating, you know, I I wanted him to be more adventurous with food because that's what I do, and and I love trying new things. But I realized like pushing that kind of stuff wasn't. Um, it wasn't fair on him because he knew what he liked and, and yeah. uh, he didn't want to be put in that position. That was, yeah. It was very awkward. And then I learned very quickly, like, don't push it because this is just how it is. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. Agreed. yeah. <laughs> um, can you talk a little bit about your cooking style and, and, you know, what are your signature dish- dishes and, and, and how would you describe them to people? Absolutely. So um, it, it took me a while to figure out my cooking style because I first got interested in cooking at a young age. Um, I only grew up with Pakistani food and I'd always been fascinated with other cuisines. And not to say we didn't go out for food, you know, but having that food at home um, wasn't easy. You know, my, my mom never really knew how to make anything else. So that was what sparked my interest. And I wanted to learn how to make other types of cuisine. So I kind of went down this Mediterranean Italian road and, you know, started to make these types of dishes at home. And um, that's what kickstarted my interest in cooking was interest in Mediterranean style of food. And it also has a lot to do with um, trying to eat healthier. I was, you know, extremely Mm. overweight as a young kid because pack on the carbs and the sugar and there was no real uh, diet. It was just kind of, we ate everything. So I learned in high school, basically that, you know, Mediterranean style diet was a lot healthier and a lot lighter. So um, that's what really drew me to that style of cooking. And it's just been an evolution ever since that. And I've always tried to keep things light and healthy, but I've also honored ingredients from, you know, our culture and heritage. I love the spices. I love the flavor profiles, but I'm not very good at authentic Pakistani food. That's never been my forte, but I know how to use those ingredients and I know how to make food taste good. So, um, so I've created my own unique cuisine. (laughs) What what are the types of ingredients that um, would you say is in your kind of unique cuisine or or that you use uh, a lot? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I love, um, I love spices. I love chilies, like 
obviously coriander, cumin, cardamom, um, chili powder, chili flakes, um, saffron, turmeric. Uh, those are kind of our, my standard uh, medley of spices, but not limited to either. And uh, various different types of vegetables and aromatics, um, tamarind and um, gosh, even flavors from the Middle East. After having lived in Dubai for four years, I really was ex exposed to a lot of um, great ingredients from that part of the world. So I also started incorporating things like za'atar and sumac and tahini into my style of cooking. So, um, so it's kind of just global influences, really, with a Mediterranean root. For sure, yeah. Um, I feel like uh friends of mine always ask me what pakistani food is like and you know the immediate answer that i always give them is like it's just like indian food is that the case <laughs> you know <laughs> is that the, is that a right answer that i'm i'm giving people or or talk to me about what the differences are so yes and no um i would have to say like indian food ranges greatly from north to south so if we were to draw, a, you know, some sort of um, connection, it would be northern Indian and Pakistani foodie food is very similar. Um, but uh, South Indian is very different. It's very like coconut based and very light, I would say vegetarian based. And that's another point, actually, is that a lot of Indian food is sort of vegetarian yeah. um, based because of obviously, um, ob you know, obvious reasons like yeah. Hindu um, religion is uh, mostly vegetarian. They, and, and also, I always say that um, the best way to determine like it, Pakistani food versus Indian is most Pakistani food has uh, beef. The cow is sacred in India, so they right. don't consume beef there. So that's a good way to kind of determine Indian food from Pakistani. Pakistani is very meat heavy. There are a lot of kebabs, a lot of like grilled meats and a lot of beef <laughs> I, I am getting so hungry right now i, can't even tell <laughs> I know me too yeah. now i want some like halim and nod and <laughs> oh yeah that's that's the comforting stuff up after the break subba talks about what it was like to start celebrating christmas for the first time as an adult this is american muslim project This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. This podcast is sponsored by Talkspace. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. By talking or texting with a supportive, licensed therapist at Talkspace, you'll gain insights, discover truths, and experience breakthroughs that will improve how you live and how you feel. With Talkspace, just answer a few questions online, and you'll be matched with a therapist. And because you'll meet your therapist online, you don't have to take time off work or arrange childcare. You'll meet on your schedule whenever you feel most at ease. Plus, Talkspace works with most major insurers, and most insured members only pay a $25 copay or less. No insurance? No problem. 
If you want to make progress toward a mentally healthier place, Talkspace is here for you. Now get $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com. Match with a licensed therapist today at Talkspace.com. Save $80 with code SPACE80 at Talkspace.com. Welcome back to American Muslim Project. My guest today is Chef Sabohid Duffy. Sabah prides herself on her ability to adapt in any environment, but she says the place where she feels most at ease is in the kitchen. She talks about how she got started. You know, one thing, and it's so funny because, like, my dad feels like I'm totally, like, tearing into him right now <laughs> because I have been doing a lot of media interviews. And, yeah. you know, everybody's like, how did you get started? So I honestly, I mean, this was, I wish I had been able to pursue this career at a younger age. But uh, when I was in high school looking to apply to colleges, at that point, I wanted to go to culinary school and my dad would not let me go. And that was like, you know, obviously, (laughs) he says he never said that to me. (laughs) And I obviously believe that I like, well, I have no reason to make this up. And if he had said yes, I would have gone to culinary school. My path, my life would have taken a very different path. So, um, why why didn't he want you to? Well, because it's you know becoming a chef in 1998 for a woman, a Pakistani girl, was not an acceptable career choice, and he was not going to um, encourage it. And he said he wanted me to get my bachelor's degree, just, you know, he was willing to financially support that. And whatever I wanted to do, I could do after that. It just took me longer to accomplish my goals. You know, so yeah, and when I was um, 18, it was, uh, I was told, no, this is not the career you should be pursuing, got my bachelor's, went to New York, started working in catering. And that's when I realized that this was my passion. And that's when I attended the French Culinary Institute and, and sort of started my professional culinary career at that point. What does your what do your parents say now about it? So this is also very funny, because like, I still have not heard them say the words I'm proud of you, but I, they just don't like you could win the Pulitzer Prize. <laughs> they just won't say those words. And he just, uh, you know, because I, I said it in an article like last week and he read it and he's like, hmm, uh, is she attacking me? <laughs> but, and he read the article and he still hasn't said it. So oh, really? I guess it's just not happening. I should not expect that to happen but I mean yeah they're obviously proud they're happy that you know I am pursuing my passion and I can pay my bills and have you know like raise my family and it's all good but it's just funny because it's not a doctor or a lawyer or you know what South Asian parents expect or or what their idea of uh, success right means uh, is something different. So, but I'm trying to change that. I'm definitely trying to change the status quo. And I want people to pursue their passions and their dreams and their goals. And especially like now I'm raising a daughter and I want her to know that she can pursue whatever career that she wants to, as long as she's passionate about it and she follows it through and, and she, she does it well, (laughs) you know, that's um, all you can ask. So that, I think that's a big message that I always want to reiterate is just, you know, be true to yourself and, 
and follow your dreams and goals. And uh, eventually, you know, you put that positive energy out there and it should return in some way, shape or form. I mean, that great message for, for everybody listening, for sure. Um, can you tell us more about your time in the Middle East? What, 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 why did you decide to, to go live there for, I think you were there for four years? I was there for four years. Yeah. So um, it was in 2009, basically. Um, I was going through um, you know, transition and kind of reevaluation of life. And um, I had just gotten over heart surgery as well. And um, at that point, you know, I had this this like epiphany, like I really decided I needed to pursue my, my passion and my goals and, and food was a, a big part of it. So um, I had also always been fascinated with life abroad. I, you know, traveled quite a bit, but I hadn't actually lived and worked abroad. And um, I thought Dubai would be a wonderful uh, place to explore this culinary passion of mine because it was st- it's still quite a young city and uh, there's still a lot of potential for growth. And I was also um, fascinated with the media side. And at this point, 2009, cooking shows are on fire is like the <laughs> yeah. hottest thing to be in a cooking show or some sort of like culinary related media. So at that point, I had this brilliant idea to bridge the gap between my Eastern roots and my Western upbringing and to create this pilot, which actually you were very helpful in. in <laughs> yeah, um, I, I forgot help- about that until recently. Yeah, yeah, which you were very helpful um, in when I was uh, trying to shoot this at my parents' house. And um, at that point, I still didn't know much about media, uh, but I created this very silly pilot TV show concept, which uh, no one is allowed to see. It's so embarrassing. (laughs) But it got me a job. So I, yeah, I sent that pilot concept over to Dubai One. I had um, someone had connected me with a producer there and uh, they saw it and they liked what they saw. And then I went there for um, a screen test. And um, a couple months later, I was offered a position as a TV, they call it TV presenter, but you know, TV host is a yeah. uh, different terminology there. And I couldn't believe it. In the span of a year that happened. So that was my first introduction to media, living abroad, <laughs> being away from America. So. Wow, all, all at once. All at once. Yeah. Dubai, yeah. I feel like Dubai is known for its food, right? I feel like because there's so many international people that are there. Um, is that right? Is there a big foodie scene there? There is, actually. Um, I was quite shocked when I went there because there was everything. I mean, there's a lot of um, ethnic foods, obviously, with uh, influences from Pakistan, India, Bangladeshi uh, type of cuisine, because there's so much um, influence from the subcontinent and Iranian cuisine, all, you know, Middle Eastern types of cuisine were there. But with um, the way that the, I guess, the social scene in Dubai is set up is really focused a lot around or the high-end social scene, I should say, is focused around European um, culture. Uh, So they're bringing in Michelin star chefs from all over Europe 
to come and open um, restaurants in Dubai. So, you know, not only do you have the ethnic foods, and now you have all these high-end Michelin star chefs that have also set up shop there. So um, quite interesting to see uh, the range of, of food that they offered. But one thing that I did find that was lacking was good middle ground. You know, it, mm. it was difficult to just go out for a casual meal uh, midweek. You had to either go to the super high-end places or lower-end ethnic places. And there wasn't really anything good in the middle, which um, was frustrating because, like, you can't go and drop, you know, $200 on dinner yeah, <laughs> uh, every night of the week. Yeah. Um, but you want something a little bit more upscale than, you know, just eating in, like, a Haba kind of place. Yeah. So that was at that time. That was, like, 2010 to 2014. There has been a huge growth in that middle up like casual upscale style restaurant um, in the last five years, which I've seen through, you know, social media and my um, contacts out there. And and I feel like similarly in the States in the last, whatever, 10, 10 years or so, there's been a big foodie movement here. Um, I, I'm, I'm not a foodie at all. Um, <laughs> it, it seems like with the rise of Instagram, uh, more and more people are posting their pictures and this movement is, is really taking taking shape. How would you describe what's going on here in the States? Oh, absolutely. I think, again, we can thank um, not just social media, but like, you know, just all the food focused TV shows out there, all the top chefs and master chefs and iron chefs out there. It's really um, driven this this culinary culture. And, and it's wonderful for everyone because before, you know, you live in suburban America and you're limited to like cheesecake factories and olive gardens. But now in suburbia, you can even find good quality food because people understand and appreciate it now. Right. And they understand the value of um, scratch restaurants and, and people actually, you know, opening small businesses that are original uh, concepts because that's, I mean, I, I won't ever step foot in a chain restaurant. <laughs> I, just won't, I won't do it. I can't. I can't. I, I but, think I'm the exact opposite, but yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, there's, you know, a certain sense of comfort in going to a cheesecake sure. factory, of right. course, you know what you're going to get. Um, but I, you know, value the, the artisan chef experience and, and original concepts. And I just, I, I aspire to that, you know, that's what I do hope for myself someday. Of course. Yeah. Um, what's next for you? You know, right now I'm, I'm in a very, um, comfortable place. And I, I love what I do. Uh, I'm working as a, a culinary educator and um, chef for Yale Appliance here. Um, of course, you know, I do have a dream to have a restaurant and uh, there's a lot of factors that go into it. And if that was to happen, I'd have to have all of those lined up perfectly yeah, sure. um, to execute it. But uh, I'm in a good place right now. And then um, I have a baby, a little 16-month-old who um, is very active. <laughs> she does <laughs> take up a lot of time. I so. can imagine. Yeah. So she's definitely, um, she's a handful and I wouldn't have it any other way. But um, yeah, I just, you know, I don't want to. Um, go into anything and I feel like I'm neglecting her either so I feel like yeah that's it's something I'm aspiring to but it has to be the right time yeah of course that makes sense yeah um 
one question that I like to ask people is, do you have a uniquely American Muslim experience that you want to share? A really good question, because I feel like I can't really pinpoint one. I feel like I've because of the uh, where I grew up in, which is a pretty diverse um, town in Massachusetts, which is actually now technically a city. Yeah, it just became um, a city, right? Framingham? Yeah, Framingham did become a city. And I moved back here recently. So, um, you know, from having a pretty uh, diverse surrounding, I don't think I had anything super unique happen to me. But I have to say, uh, it was always difficult sort of relating to classmates when I was young because uh, coming, you know, from a first generation family, it was hard to understand what other kids in the class were sharing when you couldn't partake in that. I mean, this is like, you know, elementary school it was years ago. So I can't say that like, you know, that really impacted me now present day. But it's funny, because I guess, you know, Christmas was always such a huge thing um, for everyone growing up, but I could never really relate to it. Um, I didn't really understand the importance of it. And it was just kind of another thing. And now being married to, um, you know, an Irish Catholic man, (laughs) (laughs) um, I'm learning (laughs) how important these holidays are. And it's not from a religious aspect at all. It's just about sort of the magic of the holiday season right. and sharing in that and making sure he, you know, he's really um, uh, interested in giving our daughter that same magical experience. And um, this is something I'm transitioning to now as an adult, <laughs> like now <laughs> starting to learn, oh, this is what you do for Christmas. Yeah. Interesting. Like I never grew up with it. Never had a Christmas tree growing up. Never um really i mean you know we it's not that we didn't give gifts to each other we just our family just gave us gifts like throughout the year and this is like now you have to give all the gifts on this one day (laughs) of the year and and that concept is still like very new to me so i'm I'm getting used to that part of um life which is is fresh and new (laughs) yeah so i i mean i relate 100 percent. you know my my wife for the last five years i've been celebrating Christmas with her. It's a very important holiday for her and her family. And again, yeah. not in the religious sense, like what you're saying, but um, you know, every year I feel like I'm picking up a, a new, I don't know, tradition uh, around Christmas this year. I chopped down my, my first tree and Ooh, brought it into the house. That's a big <laughs> one. Like, it, yeah. it it's definitely exciting. And, you know, similarly, Erica, my wife has been uh, really great about um, doing Eid and, and Ramadan things. And, and, you know, it's, it's really great to kind of merge these traditions and, and these holidays and and it's it it's it's fun you know uh, yeah it's it's a it's a melding of cultures and and traditions and um yeah there's no reason why i mean christmas is so far removed from being a religious holiday yes there's people that still go to mass and actually a few christmases ago we were in ireland with my in-laws and i did go to the mass and i actually thought it was quite beautiful um and, uh, you know, but that aside, it's just a really um, beautiful time to celebrate with family and, and to be with one another. And, I, and, and that part of it, I do respect and I, I enjoy. So it's um, just, yeah, something that's obviously going to be part of our lives in the future. And, um, and I love it. I love it. I love, I love embracing and accepting um, other cultures and, and other traditions and um, creating our own unique 
uh, experience. Yeah. Saba, thanks so much for joining American Muslim Project. This was uh, a really great conversation. And uh, yeah, thanks for sharing. Oh, my God, my pleasure. I'm so um, glad I was uh, able to speak with you. This was great. My conversation with Saba was recorded in May of 2021. You can find out more about her on her website, sabawahid.com, or you can follow her on Facebook. She also has a blog called Culinary Delights. We'll have links to that and everything else that we talked about in the show notes. American Muslim Project is a production of Rafelion Media. Today's show was produced and edited by Mark Inato, Lindsay Gamble, and me, Asad Butt. Simon Hutchinson did our theme. You can find out more at AmericanMuslimProject.com. Yeah.